0: I know what you want to do. What do you know? I know you got it out for Bob. I know you got a rifle in your truck with a serial number on it. And I know that'll lead you back to the body. The lawyer now?
1: I'm your brother, man. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Pekovic, and this is episode number 226. Currently during the film festival rounds in the US is 90 feet from home. A stirring drama that stars Adam Hampton as a former Major League Baseball player who returns home to confront his abusive stepfather, played by WWE legend Shawn Michaels in a riveting performance. Also featuring the likes of Dean Cain and Eric Roberts, 90 Feet From Home is an emotionally rich drama that deals with its weighty themes of violence, forgiveness and redemption with sincerity. Joining me now is the film's director Brett Bentman. Brett, I thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. I
0: appreciate you having me. Thanks.
1: I just want to talk a bit about your um, evolution as a filmmaker. Now, originally, you're from New Jersey, but then you moved to Texas. How does that um, come about, that you make a big move like that in your life?
0: Yeah, I'm a, um, I'm originally a East Coast guy, so I grew up in New York, New Jersey, up in that area, um, and then once I uh, left for college, which was actually in Florida, um, I kind of bounced around a little bit. You know, I was in that phase where I didn't know really what I wanted to do. Um, And I'd always been writing, so that was something that, you know, you can kind of do from anywhere. And so one thing kind of led to another, and I I was growing up, and I was having some success writing, and I was leaving some failure writing, and then eventually I just started a family and and migrated to Texas, you know, and Texas is one of those states right now that's that's not really incentivized um, to make films, you know, they they are in pockets and to a certain extent, which is why our, you know, production company works so much out of state and, and when we do film here in Texas, we're very smart about how we do it, but, you know, Texas is a great state for you know, raising a family and, and kind of, you know, spending this this time of my life here. Um, and it's right in the middle of the country, so if you need to get to the East Coast or the West Coast, you know, it's a, a three-hour flight as opposed to living in the Northeast and having to, you know, cross-country six hours. So,
1: you mentioned before...
0: A, a quick question... <laughs>
1: You mentioned before your production company, uh, that's B22 Films. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, what is the philosophy behind your production company in regards to what stories you want to tell and how you want to tell them?
0: Years ago, I had started my own production company, uh, which was called Circus Wheel Productions, and we had run a couple projects, a couple feature films through there and in association with that company. Uh, my wife, Tiffany McDonald, who has been in the film, TV, commercial industry for 20-plus years as an actress, and, you know, uh, wardrobe supervisor, as uh, a producer now, you know, an executive and an associate producer. So uh, really the brainchild is the way we pick projects. So we've, we've run a thriller-slash-horror movie through our company. We've done a post-apocalyptic drama And then 90 Feet From Home is kind of our new direction where we're trying to choose projects that have some kind of inspired by true events or some kind of mass appeal. What I mean by that is with 90 Feet From Home, we feel like the subject matter appeals more than one demographic. So while the film has baseball aspects to it, we're not catering to people that only watch baseball. While it has you know, a WWE superstar in there. It's not a movie just that wrestling fanatics will enjoy. Um, it really that I think touches so many different people on so many levels. And so that's kind of direction B twenty two is moving into the future with our, our next projects are finding ideas that, you know, a mass group of audience can connect with as to just or instead of just, you know, one or two subset of people.
1: You mentioned before the inspired by true events uh, uh, element to what you're looking for in your future projects. This film um, is inspired by true events. Is there any way you can get into that a little further? Is this something that happened to yourself or to someone you know? Um, And how did you come across knowing that story and thinking that this will make a good uh, basis for a future film?
0: Yeah, great question. So. It was not. It was not a subset of events that happened to be. Uh, it's a colleague of mine that I've known for some time, several years, and he was someone that was always sort of mysterious to me. You know, you've got people in and out of your life that come across as somebody just very different than yourself, and so I went to lunch with um, Scott, the real Scott, not the movie Scott that we portray, and just kind of said, "Well, you know, tell me about how you grew up." It, and why you are how you are, you know. And he went into this incredible story about, you know, playing professional baseball and you know, having the abusive father and his upbringing of, you know, the little pieces of somebody's psyche that makes them who they are today. And listening to the story, I don't think I even touched my food. You know, it was one of these things where you're just hanging on every word that that's coming out of this person's mouth. And so I come home, uh, that was in Waco, Texas, dallas about an hour and a half north and I, I talk to tiff and i say listen i've got this story we, we've got to tell it and so you so know, we go through the the legal uh you know items to get permission and, and so i write this script blessing you know and and there were portions of his life that didn't make it into the movie that i felt my a little too far into subject matter we didn't want to go into, and then there were parts that Obviously, we Hollywoodized up to give the movie a little bit more, you know, uh, action, if you will. So it, it's, I would I would say about 70%, you know, real Scott's life. And uh, that 70, 70% is pretty incredible as it is. And then we took some liberties to make the film a little more uh, commercialized to, to get the blood flowing a little bit.
1: The film is Essentially about two brothers, Scott and Tommy, played by Adam Hampton and Tom Halem When it came to casting those two roles, um, Adam casting Adam and Tom did you work with them previously? Did you know of him beforehand? How did you know those two actors were the guys for you to play these two brothers? Yeah,
0: it was it was a long process. Um Adam Hampton is someone that uh we have worked with in the past. We did a a couple projects with him uh where he starred in the film and i had known adam personally before and i think he was someone that we always wanted to fit into the film and so he auditioned you know with, with everybody else but adam kind of always from day one i don't want to say he had the role in his in his in his corner but we always knew he could pull it off and, and believe that he was a great choice um which obviously that that came to fruition with Tom Hallam, Tom is an interesting case because Tom was the first male that we saw on tape casting, and he was the first person that, that auditioned to play Tommy. And after we saw his tape, nobody came close. He he blew us away in the audition. He was exactly what we were looking for. And there was something about him that we we barely even looked at anyone else, you know. And so at that point we knew who the brothers were. We just needed the father. We needed Jimmy, which which we used Sean for. But those two individuals, they were pretty easy to cast. Not everybody was, but it um, um, was a pretty easy process for those two.
1: The role of the father they just spoke of, or the stepfather, I should say, of Jimmy Divine, you did cast uh, WWE legend Shawn Michaels, and it's definitely a role that's out of his comfort zone. He's worked in movies before, usually WWE productions, usually action type of movies. Um, This character here um, is a real nasty piece of work. Um, When you came to casting Shawn Michaels, how did you know that he would be the guy to do this role and what was his initial thoughts first when approached by number one uh, independent project and number two with a role that's very much against type with what he would usually portray
0: yeah sean is an interesting story um and i've i've done a couple podcasts uh in the past and everyone kind of calls it uh the WrestleMania mania dream that's what that's what everyone's calling it and to, to make a long story short, you know, we had been casting that role for several months. And you're exactly spot on that this was an independent film and we had a set budget and we didn't have a studio to go to and say, hey, we need more money. So, you know, we we got together with our casting director and we said, well, let's kind of shoot for the stars, you know. And we had already secured Eric Roberts and Dean Cain on the film, so we knew we had some star power. And so, you know, we went after the biggest names you can imagine, the Mel Gibson's, the Jeff Bridges, the Gary Benitez's, you know, the list went on and on. And we kept hearing the same thing. You know, we love the script. It would be great to do, but there's not enough money. And at the end of the day, that makes complete sense. Because, you know, it is an independent film in Texas. It's going to be hot, you know, and people want to get paid what what the market says they're worth. So we had gotten so down about the casting of Jimmy. We just went to bed one night, and I said, you know, if we can't find Jimmy, we'll we'll local hire, and we'll try to cast somebody else for another role to bring, you know, another name to the film, which we didn't want to do, but we were ready to kind of reserve that that might happen. So I had this crazy dream uh, where I met Sean at a WrestleMania event through a friend of mine who works for a trading card company, and and all this kind of crazy stuff, and I wake up, and I, I find Tiffany in the kitchen, she's having her coffee, and I said, I got this crazy idea, and you gotta hear me out, and I pitched her the idea of, of hiring Sean to play Dad, and she kind of looked at me like I was crazy, you know, like, who's Sean Michaels, she didn't watch, you know, uh, she knew The Undertaker, you know, that was it, and right. so, um, so it became this, this uh, you know, well, okay, let's try it, so I called Chris Stewart, you know, Sean's agent, He was very open and receptive and talked about how Sean was trying to get more acting roles. And so he talked to Sean, and we flew out to the uh, Performance Center, the WWE Center there in Orlando, and met with Sean, and he went through his concerns. You know, this was the heaviest role he's done to date, the most acting he's done to date. Um, Like you said, Sean is very happy-go-lucky, you know, very optimistic person who never abused children and now he's going to have to portray the exact opposite and uh, Sean was able to handle that but he was reserved about it at first and so we walked him through the process of, of what we saw the characters doing and talking like and seeing and, and then he took it from there but that's kind of how it morphed into Sean having the role and I think from the minute he said he was interested it became you know, Shawn Michaels is our Jimmy Devine. It was pretty simple from there.
1: Once you have a name like Shawn Michaels attached to your movie, especially in a lead role, what does that do for you in regards to financing an independent production or maybe even more specifically getting distribution for an independent production? Um, Do things begin to change? Do the wheels uh, begin to turn a little more now with his name attached to your film?
0: Yeah, I think... The, the interesting thing about working with Sean is that Sean has a built-in audience, okay? So, you know, to be completely transparent with with everybody listening to this, you know, our past films, you know, we had a name or two in there that you would recognize, and, and that was great. You know, they're tremendous actors. But Sean was the date, you know, with Eric and being the biggest, you know, names that we had kind of... Uh, signed on for a project of ours so it kind of made things different for us because we knew okay we're actually you know doing this and and I think that's the the biggest difference from 92 from Home from any film that we've done in the past is we really feel as a production company we've upped our game now to the next level because there are a lot of production companies out there and they can all put you know films out and do really well and get some kind of distribution and you know there are movies in Walmart and iTunes, and and that's tremendous for them, and they're making some money, living the dream. But for us, we had a very different vision for the film, and Sean put us where we wanted to be. We have the name, and I mean, I I know you've seen the film, but I'll, I'll, most people haven't, even though we're we're in our festival circuit right now. We've got two or three showings coming up. Uh, we premiered in L.A. right right in the center of Hollywood. Sean's performance is amazing in this film, and if anyone doubts him as an actor or isn't sure if he can act, he can act, you know, and um, it's also opened the doors with other uh, WWE superstars, you know, in our next, you know, two films, we're working with other wrestlers that are now turned actors. So it's opened a lot of doors for us. I think it's going to open a lot of doors for Sean. And it certainly has, uh, you know, put 90 feet from home in the wrestling community on their radar.
1: I think the word I jotted down in my notepad when I was watching Sean's performance was stunning. Um, I was taken aback um, by just how effective he was in the role. And I think the, the scenes that really kind of sealed it for me um, were those when he had to get really nasty um, in regards to the violence. Um, you mentioned before yeah. this character... Um, does violently abuse his stepson and the scenes at times in the movie can be hard to watch and suitably so. If you're going to deal with material like this it's going to be hard to watch because the themes are hard things to swallow. When it came to your decisions on how you're going to portray those scenes how far were you guys willing to go? Um, was there a, a point where you didn't want to cross? Talk me through making these scenes come to life on screen and making them effective enough so that the audience will understand where these characters coming from, especially Scott, because the Scott that we see later in his life when he returns back at home is very much a shell of a man that's run by anger more than any other emotion. Yeah.
0: Well, we definitely, we definitely had a line in the sand. I think, uh, you know, the B-22 line in the sand. So here's where we don't want to go on the dark side of the film. So there's certain things from a professional, from a personal standpoint, I don't want to put on camera, you know? And I think those very few things that I, as a director don't want to put on film can still be portrayed in an artful, tasteful way that you know that event is happening, even though we're not showing it to you, which is what we did with 90 feet. So, for, for the physical abuse, now, the, the emotional abuse, the verbal abuse is in there, and we definitely wanted to put that out there for people to see. And the physical stuff, we, we really came together with our cinematographer and the producers and said, okay, here's the deal. We need to show X, uh, not to spoil anything, but we need to show X, but we don't want to show it, so let's figure out a way to show it without really showing it. And so that was something that we were able to do pretty easily, and... Um, you know, because of the way we shot the film. And a lot of that is sound design. And uh, there's one scene in particular where Sean kind of does something atrocious to uh, the teenage Scott. And the funny thing about that scene, and everyone will know what scene it is when they watch the film, is when you're a wrestler like Sean, um, it's funny to me that when you wrestle and you do something awful, there's an audience there. And they boo and they... They clap when you do something good. There's an instant reaction to what you're doing. So when Sean is portraying this evil stepfather and he's doing an evil act to to his son, their stepson, you know, we yell, cut, there's just silence in the room. There's not a peep. And I think that was an adjustment for him because I think it was, well, did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? I'm not hearing anything. But it was such a heavy theme that it literally took everyone's breath away. and Nobody wanted to talk about it. It's funny because I I attributed it to years ago when I saw Passion of the Christ in movie theaters. Um, The movie ended, and nobody said a word for like 15 minutes, you know. And it wasn't that the movie was really good. It wasn't that it was awful. It was just the subject matter just took you to a place where you need a few minutes to decompress (laughs) before you said anything. So um, Sean was definitely, I think adjusting to that but um, we definitely had that line I don't think we crossed it and like I said earlier there were things in the original script that didn't make it to the shooting script because we thought they were a little too dark um, and you know the, the main goal for the film for me was you have to hate this character Jimmy you have to hate Sean in the movie until you don't hate him anymore and I think that was the, the whole idea was to make this person so disgusting, and then feel bad for him later in life when he does reform, because I think that's a true human emotion. I think there's people on this planet that do the worst things that you can imagine, but somehow we feel sorry for them, and we don't want them to, you know, be jailed or, or killed or anything like that, and, you know, here, I've heard people call it the Tony Soprano effect, because the Sopranos was a huge hit, and for nine seasons, all Tony did was you know, cheat on his wife and kill people and steal and, and all, but nobody wanted to see him die. And it's just this anomaly of, of human emotion of why is that? And that's what we pulled off uh, with Sean's character.
1: And I think it is really in you did it in a really effective way as well. Um, this film, to me, represents a journey uh, of of many of to, to many of the characters, in fact. And it, it, it harkens back to the title of the film, "90 Feet from Home." Um, the baseball analogy is very present there uh, for people who don't know. Essentially, the points of the different bases on a baseball field equals up to 90 feet. And a baseball game, unlike other sports, is a game that could go for a very long time. There's ups, there's downs, you strike out, you hit a home run, etc. Et I'd imagine then when you came up with the title of the film, you're keeping very much in mind the journey of these characters when you're making, that, making a title for your film. Yeah, and it
0: was, it's interesting because you get a whole bunch of different uh, people have different ideas. I mean, 90 Feet From Home, it, on a simplistic level, you know, third base uh, and on Baseball Diamond is 90 Feet From Home plate, so it's very, you know, on the nose, if you will, okay? The stories about someone that comes home with a vendetta against their stepfather, so the, the title all makes sense. Now, on a personal level... The title means something to me different completely, and not to go into a huge story or whatnot, but growing up, I played baseball, and uh, my father would always come to the games. and there was one instance where, you know, every, every kid that plays baseball in America has this dream of coming up from the bottom of the ninth that the bases loaded in two outs, and it's your, your time to be a hero. And so that actually happened to me, and my father ran down from the grandstands and got my attention and just told me, he goes, you hit the ball, that winning run is 90 feet from home. And so that always stuck with me, especially now um, that my father's no longer you know, living. That was something that always stuck with me. So when I got the opportunity to do this film, I just said, it's a no brainer, that's gonna be the title. So that's kind of how that all came about.
1: Screening wise, your next big screening is on August 3rd in San Antonio, which is Shawn Michaels' uh, hometown. Um in regards to that, do you know if Shaw Michaels is going to be in attendance for that I'm considering it's his hometown and this is kind of like a very much a a big coming out for him um as a as an actor you know in a role like this yeah, yeah we've so we
0: had a uh, we had our world premiere screening at Dances with Films in Hollywood, and that was really cool uh, we've premiered there before, but it's at the world famous Chinese theater right on Hollywood Boulevard. And that was great. We had a lot of the cast and crowd, so I wasn't able to make it to that screening. So he's—if anyone kind of follows Sean's career, he's at this interesting part where, you know, he still does WWE appearances. He was, you know, on Raw and SmackDown this week, even. Yep. And he's very—he's very, very tied into NXT. So he's become a mentor to these young kids that want to learn how to wrestle, and wrestling is so much more uh, than just getting in the ring and throwing someone around, you know, there's cutting promos and carrying yourself. So Sean has become a pretty big leader on NXT and it's just kind of consuming his time. Um, and speaking with him today, actually, I think he's going to be in San Antonio. It's probably going to be a game time decision. Um, but that is his hometown. He knows how important this premiere is, our Texas premiere, because it was shot here in Texas. But, um, You know, other members of the cast and crew will be there. And then other screening wise we have a screening coming up in New Jersey, which is pretty pretty dear to my heart. A movie theater that I grew up going to uh, as a little kid, so that's kind of nostalgic for me. Um, And then we've got a New Mexico premiere, uh, which is Steven Quezada from Breaking Bad, who's in the film, his hometown. That will be in September. So we've got three upcoming screenings for the summer and then hopefully a couple in the fall, and then we will be released uh, through distribution.
1: So for everyone out there, 90 Feet From Home, I can highly recommend this film. If anything, just to see the great performances in the film, um, we mentioned before Eric Roberts, Dean Cain, had really good cameo supporting performances in there. Um, Shawn Michaels is just fantastic in this film. And a lot of people, I guess, the best way, uh, Brett, is for people to, to find this information about this film is in your Facebook page, 90 Feet From Home Movie.
0: Absolutely. Facebook, 90 Feet From Home. Uh, there's a tool. That 90 Feet Film. Uh, Instagram is 90 Feet From Home. It's kind of on the three big ones there.
1: Excellent. And um, for anyone out there, if this um, film does come your way, I highly recommend you watch it. Sometimes it could be a hard watch, but at the end of the film, you'll find it to be a very rewarding watch. Um, And look, I I just want to say thank you very much again, Brett Bentman, and congratulations to you on this movie. And hopefully we can talk in the future for you in regards to the future projects you have in the pipeline as well.
0: That'd be great. I appreciate it.